Welcome to Greenhouse Grower to Grower, the podcast where we talk to growers from across the greenhouse industry about market trends, innovation, their biggest challenges and opportunities, and more. I'm Brian Sparks, Senior Editor of Greenhouse Grower. Art Van Wingerden is one of the owners of Metrolina Greenhouses, one of the nation's largest greenhouse operations. It's also a multi-generational family business that recently celebrated its 50th anniversary. Art Van Wingerden works with almost 60 contract growers from across the country and manages growing operations for Metrolina. I recently talked to Art about Metrolina's commitment to sustainability, how the company invests in its technology and its team, and much more. Here's our conversation. My main thing that I do is the contract growing here because it's 45% of what we do in a year. So we deal with 58 different growers around the country that bring in all kinds of different products whether it's accents or ferns or color items or shrubs or trees or greenery or, you know, fruit, fruit, uh, fruit trees, all, all kinds of uh, weird stuff that, so I would say that takes up probably 70% of my time, whether it's going to visit them. Cause I actually do enjoy doing that. I go, go see them. Uh, plus we like to put a face with our name. So I don't like to buy from people and then they don't know who we are. I'm, if they, run into us at a trade show or run into us somewhere. I don't want to be have them be a grower for us. And the first time they ever see us is, you know, 10 years after they've grown for us and they've never met us. Yeah. That's not a good thing. So, uh, and with that, we do a couple of events every year, um, you know, li- uh, live events where we have people come here. Uh, we have a contract grower meeting every year in January to get the season started, get the year started. And then yeah. we do a, we actually do a virtual one in August. That's more of the um, spring in review. How did we do? So how did how did Metrolina do? And we let everybody know um, how we do how we are doing. Okay. When it comes to the greenhouse here, you know, with three brothers, three other brothers, they're all heavily involved in it. You know, obviously we're large enough to where we could all have our different expertise, and we do. Uh, you know, sales is not my thing. I don't love it. Um, you know. Uh, I do much better with suppliers and things like that because that's just more my my giftedness, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so I deal with operations and growing, but my two brothers, Michael and Thomas, have taken over so much of the greenhouse portion of it, whether it's labor, operations, things like that, yeah. that I'm not nearly as heavy involved in that as I used to. Technically, okay. growing still still falls under me, um, but yeah, we got a great team there. Um I would never consider myself a micromanager. I'm not that, but, you know, and I'm nor my expert grower. I'm not, but I can go out there and go, Hey man, that doesn't look right. You know, what have we done to that plant lately to make sure it's going to be in tip top shape when we ship it out to the customer. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's more my main role. I've probably done about everything here <laughs> in construction or production or whatever it may be, but, yeah, with it being the size it is now, I don't have to, you don't have to do that as much anymore. And you have a team of people to get things done, and that that helps more than anything. Then you just got to depend on the team to do their job. Yeah. Well, to your uh, point there, though, it does kind of help to at least be familiar with you know all parts of the operation, so that you know if somebody has to step in to something for whatever reason, you know that there's there's some skills there or some yeah. knowledge there. Right. I like problem resolution, so I like for people to give me a problem, and I go I like to go out and figure out how to get it done. Or you know, figure out how not to get it done. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> people just don't have time to do that. And yeah, I don't mind sitting somewhere for a little bit and going, okay, what's wrong with this? And 
especially when it comes to pots, hangers, uh, drainage. I know it sounds all boring as crap, but yeah, we got to make sure these pots work on our flood floors so they yeah. don't suck down to the flood floors. And so it's working with people to make sure that gets done. gets done. Does that make me smarter than anybody else? Heck no, it does not. I'm 55 years old. I got a lot of, I got a lot of experience of seeing things done not correctly. So then you want to make sure you don't repeat those same mistakes. Okay. Uh, and yeah, you know, as far as family, family business, uh, yeah, we're, we're in our second generation here. <clears throat> I got two sisters, three brothers. We all get along very well. So okay. we have, uh, my mom has I think 19 grandkids, 20 grandkids, something like that. So we have a lot of events that we do every year, family events. So we, we go on vacation together once a year. We'll go to beach. Uh, generally last week of July is our beach trip. So we do that together, um, you know, but otherwise, you know, just beyond the greenhouse, we get along very well. The, the, the guys all run the greenhouse. You know, Thomas does operations. Michael yeah. does shipping and labor. Abe handles sales and IT. Yeah, I handle contract growing and growing, but we're, I always tell people we're like the Olympic circles too. We, we overlap each other a good bit. So, and that's, that's the way it should be. So is everything rosy and gray and awesome and we get along wonderful i can lie to you and tell you yeah man we get along great everything goes awesome all the time but it doesn't and it yeah. shouldn't you you have to push each other we do a we do a brother meeting we try to do that every week if we can for an hour just to discuss things so if you got an issue of something that's come up let's let's talk about it i'm not a if i'm mad at you a texter if i'm mad at you i'm a walker which means I'm going to walk to your office and we're going to figure it out. We're going to close the door and we're going to get it figured out. Once I walk out of the office, we're good and we're going to move on. We might not agree, but sometimes we're going to have to agree to disagree, but we're going to get yeah. the issue taken care of. So that's I'm, I'm much, much more that way. So I want to see your reaction. I want to see your facial reaction. I got the camera on now. So did yeah. you see my facial reaction? I can see your facial reaction. So, you know, I'm not looking at my phone the whole time or I'm not looking at somebody else in my office. You have my attention. And that's the way you know, I want it to be uh, if I have an issue with somebody. So, you know, I, I wonder sometimes, you know, with a, a newer generation of, of employees coming into this industry, you know, not everybody is as comfortable with that face-to-face -face communication. So is that something that you've kind of had to work through and kind of bring them up to speed on, you know, this is really, you know, this is how we want to communicate as a company? Yeah, and I'd say most of our communication happens by email or text. I'm just saying me personally, yeah. if I have an issue with you, I'm going to, we're just going to come talk about it so we can see that that doesn't happen often. You know, it's five to 10 times a year that, you know, hey, I'm going to go go talk to somebody about it. Yes, texting, I text more than I email. Texting is easier <laughs> for me than email because I can be real short with it. So, yeah, you know, if I call somebody, then, hey, how's the weather? How are you kids? How's the season? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you got to talk about all that, which needs to happen as well. So I'm not saying that doesn't need to happen. It it, it does. So that you need to make sure you're keeping up with what, what's happening with people. Yeah. So I know last year, so Metrolina had its 50th anniversary yep. uh, this past year. So, you know, it, as you look back at that, um, can you maybe just talk about some of the biggest accomplishments as a company uh, that, that you're most proud of at, as Metrolina has grown over the years? Yeah, and I would say the biggest accomplishments are our size. That's everybody's going to look at that and go, that's, that must be the biggest accomplishment. And and I don't think it is. I think uh, you know, our biggest accomplishment 
is the growing the people that we've grown. So building the team that we've built so that we could grow to the size that we've grown. So because without other people here, you can't make that happen. I, I don't care how good the four brothers are. We can't grow this without the right people. Yeah. So we have an executive team here at the greenhouse. I'm the oldest person on that executive team. The second oldest person on that executive team is Abe. Okay? okay. So that's a good thing. And and I couldn't say that three years ago. So you know, we we've rotated people you know, in and out. And you know, we try to put the best team together. We have eleven people on that team and we all work very well together. There are things Abe and I get outvoted on. So, or the brothers, actually, we can all get outvoted on. Uh, generally, you're not going to have where the four of us are one way and the seven others are another way, but that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like Congress. You want to go make sure you get your votes before you go in there to vote. So, <laughs> yeah, you want to make sure you got some people standing with you. But uh, that in saying that it's just the people that we've grown and the people that we've been able to help, the families we've been able to help, to me, is our greatest accomplishment. Now, there are tons of other things that are involved in that because when you grow those families, you're you're growing their knowledge, their expertise, whether we take like an Yvonne who came here as an exchange student and now he's one of the top growers in America. Yeah. Not the top, he's the top grower at Metrolina, but he's one of the top growers in America and he took a chance. He came over here from Bulgaria and you met his wife here as an exchange student and I know when he got here, he would have never thought he'd be where he is today. Just <laughs> like when we came off that boat in 1971, July of 71, and moved to Illinois, my dad would have never thought that we could get to where we are today. Mm -hmm. you know, his his goal when we moved to Charlotte in April of 72, and then to Huntersville sub, subsequently in July of 73, he never thought this. 12 acres was the biggest he ever thought we could get. The last three times we've added on, we've added on 14 acres, 13 acres, and 13 acres. So we've done all that in the last four years. We've added 40 acres on the last four years of heated area. We're in the middle of adding on 100 acres of outdoor production in York. So those numbers are just unfathomable when you start. So you, when you start, you're not going, well, I can get to, I want to get to 200 acres and then I'm good. Yeah. But it's not that way, you know, so it's, it's, you know, building, building a business, you need people to do that, but then building a successful business obviously is, is a great accomplishment as well, but, you know, what have, what have, what have you done for tomorrow? So, you right. know, we make decisions on what we're going to build, things like that, on what it's going to do for us five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, not five days from now, not five weeks, not five months. Those are important, but what are we building for the future? Yeah. So I, I know that you guys are really big on kind of keeping up with, you know, where consumer trends are. Um, as you've gone through these past four years of expansion, as you look ahead, you know, with the the years that this industry has had coming out of COVID, you know, how has that affected your um, ability and, and, and forecasting for how much you want to grow over the next few years based on where you see the industry headed? Well, you know, I tell people all the time, even after 2022, I still think we're in one of the greatest industries that America has. Uh, you know, our jobs are different every day. We're growing something that a consumer chooses to buy to make their life better. Nobody needs plants. 
Okay, so it's not that you need plant. We need food. We need a haircut. We need to go get glasses. We need to take care of our teeth. We those are things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Plants are not one of them. Okay, plants are. Uh, you know, they're very important to some people, but it's not the end all be all either. So we we're providing something that brings people joy, that brings them happiness. Okay. People don't buy a plant and go, oh, I just bought a plant and that sucks. <laughs> People think that when they go to dentist, okay? Well, I got to go to dentist because, oh, crap, I got I got a cavity. I got to get it filled and that's going to bring me pain because I got to get Novocaine. I got to get whatever. Yeah. So th- those are things that you know, don't always bring people joy. The joy of going to a dentist is you have healthy teeth and you get cavities fixed. That's what you do. The joy of a plant is from the day you buy it to the day it's no longer doing you any good. And it's something you can nurture. It's something you can take care of. It's something that people can see success with. I bought this plant. It had one bloom on it when I bought it. And by the end of summer, it had 30 blooms on it or whatever it may be. And it flourished. And because it flourishes, now I can buy that plant again. Next year, I'm going to buy a different plant. And I'm going to try something else. Yeah. So I think that's what people sometimes miss in our industry is the joy that our industry brings the end consumer. So sometimes it can be a pain in the rear end getting there, but we got to know that our end consumer is happy with the purchase of our product. And, you know, and that's why I think, you know, our business still has a lot to go and to grow uh, and growing, not just in the plants we're buying, but growing as right. an expanding our market. Uh, last year, we did not have a consumer issue. People, people, I think, got that all wrong. So they they think we had a, a consumer issue. We did not have that. We had a weather issue. The weather just wasn't conducive to what we do. Okay. But also remember weather, that no matter what the weather is, it's making somebody very, very happy today. And it's making somebody upset today. Doesn't matter what the weather is, nor can we change it. So you can bitch about the weather all you want. You can complain about it all you want. doesn't do any good. It's not going to change it. Okay, do do with the weather the best you can every day. So it's like I, I tell our growers that plant's talking to you every day. Just listen to it. It, tell, it tells you every day what it wants. It needs space. It needs fertilizer. It needs to be deadheaded. It needs your know, leaves picked off. It needs the weeds picked. You your your eyes not only need to tell you that your ears need to listen and that that plant talks to you are you listening to it <laughs> but for our industry i think our best days are ahead of us they're not behind us okay i i know um sustainability is obviously a core value at met metrolina um can you talk about that not so not necessarily within the company but as you work with consumers as well and where where do you see consumers in terms of how they value sustainability and what are you guys kind of doing to respond to that both within and then you know forward facing uh, the industry yeah so your sustainability i'm gonna start over in a second i'm gonna get my my thoughts right on this because i i have a way of thinking personally and i have a way of doing at work so sustainability is important (laughs) You know, that, that's something that you hear all the time on whether it's the news, social media, whatever you may do, wherever you get your information from. Sustainability is a buzzword that we all have. So uh, God gave us limited resources on the earth that he put us on. So um, 
and we are to you know, manage those resources to the best of our ability. And that's the way I look at what we do when it comes to sustainability. So you know, if we just take water usage, so there's not a, enough water in the ground here to do everything that we need to do. So on most days, we can uh, pump about a million gallons of water every day. About We use about half of that. So the plant is using half a million gallons of water. What are we doing that with that other half a million gallons of water? Well, it runs back to our pond. So we have built this facility to where any drop of water that falls on the roof, on the parking lots, on the grass, in the greenhouse, wherever, it goes back to a pond. So we can yeah. hold 250 million gallons of water is what we can hold. Well, with us building that on these 400 acres that we're using, uh, you know, we're not inundating creeks with water when it rains hard because we're catching all that water. So we have to manage that water. And we needed, we needed the ponds to be able to water the plants that we need to water. So it is a, a part of business just for our water use. I could go to uh, wood chips. Yeah, we burn wood chips in our boilers. We we can get enough gas to burn all the uh, the amount that we need to heat the entire place. Yeah. But we have found that burning wood chips is more cost effective. So I can not only be more cost effective with what I'm doing, but I can also be sustainable. I can also be good for the environment, but I can also be good to our bottom line. So, and that's where a lot of sustainability comes into. You got to look at it at your business. And is it a worthwhile expense? Is it something that is going to save you money or that you're managing your money uh, more properly because you are doing these things, whether it's, like I said, water, wood chips, sawdust in our, in our soil. Why do we use sawdust? Well, it's pine tree sawdust that we put into our soil. Well, perlite you know, comes from, you know, we have to, we have to manufacture the perlite. It's not a, it is a natural resource. It's something that comes out of the ground, but we have to take what comes out of the ground, that iron ore and make it into the perlite. Mm -hmm. Well, the sawdust costs less, but it took us two years to figure out how to grow in sawdust. Cause at first we started with wood chips that sucked up nitrogen and then the plant didn't look as good. So then we're feeding more, but that just took time to learn. Uh, and then the last, pillar that we use is uh, recycling. So we uh, the trays that used to be at the stores, the stores would throw them away and not use them. So we had to go to a lot of injection molded trays instead of vacuum trays due to the way we move stuff around with our table movers and our tables. Uh, and we had all these injection trays. Well, now the stores, they don't want to throw them away because they have to pay to dump the dumpster. So they want us to take care of it. Well, we take back all those trays. Well, that saves us money on trays. And then trays we don't use, we put into um, into trailers and then we recycle them and they either get made into coat hangers or different things where the uh, trays in. A lot, of, a lot of our plastic is made back into plastic trays. So all those things in the end, because even on recycling, we don't save money because we have people over there that are you have to sort everything. So there's you know, 18 different trays here that we use and we have to make sure they're sorted and then we have to store them somewhere. So all that costs money, but in the end, we're not using as much plastic, which then is a very sustainable thing that we, and we can sell that dream to the consumer or not even that dream, that reality, because it is a reality of what yeah. we do with that. And you have to sell that to the consumer. They, they need to know that, 
you know, half our soil comes from a pine tree. 25% of it is sawdust. 25% of it is something called easy blend or hydrofiber. So, and hydrofiber and easy blend are two different things, but mm. we mix easy blend into our soil, which is the entire pine tree bark and everything. And they make that into a peat moss substitute. So, and we've learned how to, how to grow in that. So 50% of our soil comes from pine trees. 50% of our soil comes from bogs, peat bogs. So all our soil is organic, if you want to look at it that way, because it's grown by the earth. God put that on earth for us to grow and then for us to use and then for us to manage. And that's how I look at sustainability that, you know, I, I think God put us here to manage what he's given us. And how are we going to manage that? Okay. So, and and we're working on things, whether, you know, the next version of pots, I think we'll, we'll, we will get to pots one day that aren't made out of plastic. So now it might be another three years, five years, 10 years. I don't know. But I think in my lifetime, you, you will see pots that are cost effective that uh, work. So when I say they work, you can plant them in the ground and 12 months from now, look, and that pot's no longer there. Yeah. But the pot's also got to hold up the soil and the plant as we grow it, as we flood it, as we send it to the consumer. And then it's got to stay together while the consumer buys it. Their thumb can't go through it. So, you know, when they pick up that pot, but then it's got to deteriorate when it gets in the ground. And those are all the things that we got to get to. And and we will get there. I'm I'm actually not worried about that at all. (laughs) Okay. You know, I, I want to go back a little bit, and, and I know you were talking about, you know, how Metrolina has expanded pretty significantly over the past few years. So, um, you know, it's interesting. So, you know, going to cultivate every year, um, I would ask growers as I'm walking, you know, through the trade show hall about, you know, what are some of the biggest issues that are affecting your business right now? And for so many years, labor was always the top thing. And, you know, it's, it's always still at the top of everybody's list. But a couple of years ago, I kept hearing more and more about how supply chain has been an issue. And this is obviously coming out of the, the, the early stages of coming out of the pandemic. So did that affect your ability to expand or how, how is that kind of playing out for you guys now? Is this, this sounds like you've overcome a lot of the, the challenges that may have come up with that? Yeah. So I'd say up to May of 22. So a short 13 months ago, uh, all our plastic suppliers were telling us 18 to 24 months minimum on getting products so our whole purchasing department yeah and i'm I'm in charge of that as well i never even said that but but purchasing contract growing contract growing purchasing yeah that's you're still buying things so we were basically copy pasting everything we did well what ended up happening we got too much product here so too much plastic so in april of 22 i had four thousand more pallets of plastic than i did in april of 21. (laughs) <laughs> Today, I have about 6,000 less than I had in April of 22. Well, how did that happen? Well, we didn't buy as much as much plastics. We didn't need to because we had a lot of it here. Yeah. So by September of 22, all the plastic suppliers, most, I should say most, if not all, were calling us and going, hey, we got capacity. What do you want us to run? We'll, we'll, we'll run you anything you want. Yeah. And so you had that going on and then you had China going on with containers where containers went from four to five thousand dollars per container to twenty two thousand dollars per container. So. Yeah, you had that uh, so far as building greenhouses, we had to order them a year ahead of time to be able to get them on time that mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that anymore. You you can pretty much get a greenhouse when you need it now. 
But I think a lot more guys are, especially with interest rates the way they are today, you know, we, our interest is triple to quadruple what it was just a year ago. Yeah. So it, it's a not as cost effective to build. Uh, you know, me personally, or we as a company, we'd much prefer to build out of cash flow is to build out of borrowed money. Right. So, yeah, if I can't build out of cash flow, then I'm not making enough money. So, and I don't mind borrowing a little bit, but I don't want to have to borrow the whole amount to do it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So, so I, I'd say supply chain is in a much better position today than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're back to about 2019 levels where we can, you know, we can get stuff within four to six weeks now when it comes to plastic. Greenhouses is three to six months, which is normal. Uh, and, you know, labor has been an issue, but it's been an issue for 50 years. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> so you got to come here, especially today's worker. And that's something we've had to really work on is making today's worker understand that uh, it's not just digging in dirt. You know, they they yeah. look at the greenhouse and go, why'd you got to dig in dirt all day? I'm going to go home hot, sweaty, and dirty every day. And it's not that way. We We've tried to take as much work out of the work as we possibly can you know we don't want people yeah. bending over all day we don't you know we don't we don't want that we want you to come to work enjoy what you're doing and show people this is something enjoyable that you can do now i, I would mention that that ties into you know your program for re, uh, retaining employees once you bring them on board and that's one of the things that we hear a little more so today than ever is you know it's not just about finding and and hiring people on your team it's then retaining them in a competitive market and yep. i gotta imagine yeah. that the, the, the approach you're taking there is is pretty valuable yeah and we do we do a lot of uh different benefits you know we we actually send everybody to carowinds which is an amusement park here yeah oh yeah for our 50th anniversary last year we're doing it again this year okay um we used to do a luncheon in the summer but this carowinds thing's kind of replaced that we couldn't do it because of covid for a year or two uh and then we we're just like hey for our 50th let's do something totally off the wall and we did carowinds and we were amazed at how well everybody liked that now that might have a three to five year shelf life and then we got to come up with something else right uh you know we're very sharing with information we do a couple bonuses a year we do you know lunches and things like that so it's not pay is not always what makes somebody leave okay it's the environment that you're in and what what are you doing to retain that person and you know what what are you doing to make sure that they're happy in what they're doing yeah and that's that's always not a struggle but it's you can't make everybody happy with what you do we do carowinds we get 80 percent participation 20 percent don't come that's fine i'm not mad that people don't come when we put on a carowinds thing that's that's their choice they can decide if they want to come or not but yeah we we do a christmas luncheon not everybody comes to it, but that's when we do our five-year, 10-year, 15, 20, 25-year anniversary call-outs. So when you've been here yeah. five years, you get an extra $500 bonus. When you've been here 10 years, you get an extra $1,000 bonus. So if you've been here 40 years, you get an extra $4,000 bonus. So every five years, you get recognized uh, in the company as, hey, this is your five-year anniversary or 10-year or whatever five-year increment we're in. Yeah, we do healthcare. Uh, we 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 pay most of the healthcare. People do have to pay a little bit of it. We do that for uh, our employees. We have a four hundred one k program, so it's all those different things that you have to do to keep your people energized and making sure that they're safe when they get to work and they're safe when they go home, and yeah. that they go home knowing they put in a good eight eight to nine hours 
And, uh, you know, I want people going to their friends and going, hey, y'all, Metrolana is looking for X, Y, and Z. And, you know, that they want to come work here. So that word of mouth is certainly valuable. Yeah, no, that's more valuable than anything you can do is word of mouth. So mm-hmm. if, I, if we can get that, then that's better than anything. And we have that, we call it refer a friend. If you can refer somebody here, then you're going to get an extra bonus if okay. they stay 30 days or 90 days. Yeah. So you mentioned a second ago, sharing information with your team. And yeah. as you're talking about that, you know, I started to think, you know, there's also sharing information across the industry. And I, and I mentioned this um, when Abe, your brother, was at our Grow Executive Summit last year. I mentioned this to him, too. One of the things that's always really impressed me about Metrolina is the fact that you guys are a big operation. It can be so easy to kind of stay in your own world and you know we're big because you know we want to keep the things that we do to ourselves but you know Metrolina has never hesitated to share information across the industry I know you and you and Abe um, both speak at a lot of industry events you've written articles for greenhouse grower on you know I think there was one a few years ago on how growers of all sizes can implement technology the right way is just one example so can you talk about you know really why you guys take this approach and how does this you know kind of help both Metrolina and then the industry as a whole. Yeah, and we we've always looked at the you know what can we do as an industry. You got to remember, my dad was one of sixteen children. <laughs> okay, so they you know they had to share things, and as a family, we've always shared information. You know, with with different with different parts. You know, hey, we're gonna try this automation. We're gonna try that automation. What do you guys yeah. think? Uh, and the way I look at our industry, and the way I just look at technology, and I shouldn't even say I Metrolina. Okay, so Metrolina as a company, I tell our people, travel is always good because you're going to learn one of two things. You're going to learn what to do or what not to do. And why go repeat a mistake that somebody else made? Uh, And I don't just say our industry. I think you got to go in different industries to look at what they're doing. I've I've pulled ideas from friends of mine that work at places. I go see where they're at and I go, oh, never thought about that. We ought to do that. Uh, And, you know, the more open you are. I think people are more open with you. So they're willing to share their information then. So it's not us giving information. It's also us getting information. So if I'm not free in giving, I'm not going to get freedom from others in getting information. Because I, I want to learn from other greenhouses as well. Uh, I, I travel not to get away from Huntersville, not to get away from my family, and not to get away from Metrolina. I'm traveling to look at what other growers are doing and can we help them? You know, Sim McMurray retired from here two years ago, but you wouldn't know that because he still works for us. So, because he's a consultant for all our contract growers. So he visits, we try to visit every one of them at least once a year and he helps them with variety selection and growing protocols and things that they can do to help. So in the end, it's our goal to make this industry better and better for everybody not just for us if we make it better for everybody we're going to learn things the industry is going to learn things and then we're going to learn things in turn from that so it's not just a one-way street always look at it as a two-way street on that if i let if we let people here then there's there are going to be opportunities that we're going to get that we wouldn't have gotten if we are closed and don't let people see what we're doing you know we had a group of uh of growers come here from England and two years later they asked me to come speak at a conference that they had so you know, I'd have never gotten that opportunity to go speak at that conference or visit greenhouses in England if I hadn't have 
if we hadn't have let that group in here. And yeah. I didn't personally let them in here. Somebody, I think, uh, I think Chris Beatty's is the one that set that all up. I don't, I don't remember who set it up, but they visited like four greenhouses around America. Yeah. So you're going to get more opportunities when you are a share of information than if you're not a share. You'll get less if you have if you don't open. So and again, the biggest issue is making the industry better. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. What do you think is the most important lesson you've learned in taking that? Which is you've talked to just especially folks from outside this industry. Um, what what's the biggest thing that you've learned from them that you've been able to then bring back to to Metroline and help the business grow as a company? Uh, uh, to grow as a company, that that's a little tougher because I think our industry has to grow for that. Yeah. But I think uh, just employee relations and how we deal with people, uh, you know, uh, whether whether it's we don't allow phones in the greenhouse. Why do we not allow phones in the greenhouse? Because I think it takes productivity away and we have too much automation moving Mm. <clears throat> for people to be on their phones, looking at their phones while tables are moving. So, you know, we do that for safety, but, you know, it's whether we're doing the right vacation, you know, PTO, are we doing the right pay time off? Are we doing the right yeah. uh, things to make sure we're retaining our employees? Because that's, you know, a lot of what you're learning, uh, you're growing, you can get from breeders, growing, you can get from other growers. And and there's growers that we talk to on how do they grow things. We we share that back and forth. You know, with our network of partner growers, we have to be able to share so we yeah. we we can know how a plant reacts to stuff. But you know, just the traveling, you you see how to retain employees and make sure they're staying happy. I, you know, I can't think of one specific thing. I even saw that question on there yesterday and I was like, I just can't think of one <laughs> thing that I've gone to see because yeah. sometimes you don't remember you saw it somewhere else, but then you implement it and then you go, ah, I got to remember that. And I, I think we probably learn more from our Dutch grower partners. Okay. And and it's not because I'm Dutch that I think that it's just that they grow one item and they get really good at that one item. Yeah. And they, they plant 10,000 a week, they space 10,000 a week and they ship 10,000 a week. And they do that with very few people. And that's where we're learning to do things is how do we do this with less people, less touches, less, less, um, you know, with less labor, because we're yeah. not looking to cut our labor percentage. We want our labor percentage to stay the same. But if we do it with less touches and less labor, then we can pay the ones that are here. We can pay them more. Yeah. And that's yeah. our end goal. So you've seen a, a Another example that I guess would be in emerging industries here, like the greenhouse vegetable industry, for example. Do you do you see that there that there may be lessons that that you can learn from what they're doing as that industry grows, and then vice versa? What what they can learn from you know a long-standing ornamental producer who who's you know very much in tune with how to grow crops in a controlled environment? Yes, I think we can we can learn from any industry. As like I told you, travel does one of two things: you learn what to do or what not to do. So a vegetable grower might be thinking, hey, I'm going to put I'm going to put carts in my place and that's what I'm going to put my tomatoes on. Then I'm going to take them up front and then I'm going to sort them out. And that's the way I'm going to do it. Yeah. But then he might he might come go to a Rockwell Farms and go, hey, they got belts all over their whole place and all the belts you know, from production take the product to where it goes. Well, should I do that with tomatoes? Should I have belts everywhere so that I'm not touching it again? It takes longer for the tomato maybe to get to the front because it's 12 minutes for it to get from here to here, but now I don't have to touch it again. You know, so I take a labor step out. Is that worth the expense of putting the belts in or is it not? 
Well, instead of trying it and see, you go to a Rockwell Farms and you go, okay, hey, they they have done something, and what is it saving them? So that's that's learning from others and learning what what you can do. You know, if our next fifty acre expansion will probably be in York when we do it at our perennial facility, and that's going to be a two to three turn greenhouse, and we'll probably put belts in it. We probably won't even do table okay. movers and tables, which okay. you know three years ago I'd have never thought about that. Uh, but, you know, we helped Rockwell with what they did, but mm. they they had to come up with it. We we just gave them ideas on, hey, I, I think you ought to look at this, look at that. Uh, I talk about Rockwell because they're 30 minutes from here. So I do go right. visit them about 15 times a year. And, you know, and I see the way they're doing it. It's like, OK, that that's a good idea. I've sent a lot of people up there on, hey, you want some automation? Go look at what Rockwell's doing. I, I think they're doing it very well with what they're doing. It works yeah. for the greenhouse that they have. So it, it, as you look ahead, you know, both for Metroline as a company and then for this industry as a whole, um, what are you most excited about for where, th for where things are headed? And then what do you think is maybe the, the biggest issue or factor that's going to drive how we can get to that point, again, both for Metroline and for the industry as a whole? Yeah, well, what I'm excited about our industries, I'd still say our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. So I think consumers like our product they want our product uh and we give them so many options now to buy as compared to 20 years ago that about any consumer can go into a lowe's walmart home depot ace hardware you know kroger your local garden center and they can find what what they want they they can have a party on a weekend and go buy a mixed combo put it on their patio and people go whoa man that looks really good where'd you get that well i got it at lowe's and or i got it here or, i got it there and you know and then they can become you know successful gardeners mm -hmm. um you know I'd, I'd say our greatest challenge is making sure we keep the next generations interested in our product so because you know america's is the land of instant gratification but that's only becoming more and more prevalent in our society as we as we step further into the future uh, meaning I can get information like this. I can I can find out anything about anything. Hey, Siri, you know, how old's Brian Sparks? And it might be able to tell me how old you are. So, yeah, and and you know, you can find out. You know, I was just kidding, Siri. It actually picked <laughs> it up. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that that is probably our greatest challenge, because as brick and mortar becomes less and less prevalent as Amazon and others you know, uh, deliver stuff to people. Yeah. Is that going to happen in our industry? And how, how are we going to combat that? And how are we going to get in tune with that as well? Because you can't always combat everything that happens. Sometimes yeah. you got to get lockstep with it and go, okay, this is happening. This is what I got to do. This is the way I'm going to do it. So, and yeah, and we're, we're doing that with DTC now. Hey, you know, when you do Abe's, he'll be able to give you a much better rundown on that than I will. Uh, but you know, we got to make sure we're, we're in tune with tomorrow's consumer. We're in tune with today's consumer. What yeah. are we doing with tomorrow's consumer? That's so to be me, that's idea. our best. That's our greatest opportunity and our greatest challenge is tomorrow's consumer. That that's definitely tough to know, especially when you. I mean, you you can't just you know respond today to something that's going to happen five years from now. So yeah. being able to stay on top of that is is critical. Um, so kind of circling back to today then. Um, What's the best part of your day right now? 
oh, well, best part of my day is waking up and knowing that I get to come do something that I thoroughly enjoy and that I've enjoyed for over 40 years now. So, you know, I can't imagine doing anything else. And yeah, there are days that you go, ah, yeah, this, this isn't the most fun day on earth, but, you know, out of my, you know, 260 days that you're working, if it's five days a week, 52 weeks a year. So say you're 250 plus days a year that you're here. Yeah. There's maybe five or 10 days a year that I just go, ah, that, that wasn't, that wasn't a fun day, but most days here are fun. Uh, and again, we're bringing, we're bringing something to the marketplace that people have to choose to buy and they make that choice every day. Yeah. And every day we're giving somebody a semblance of happiness that they didn't have before because plants and flowers bring happiness to people. They don't bring them sorrow. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's people are happy when they buy our stuff. So, you know, speaking of that, so what do you guys grow? Like if there's one plant that you guys are growing today that you're looking at and say, I, I got to bring that, I have to make sure that that's at our own house. What, what's the most interesting thing that you're seeing today that you guys are growing? Uh, for me personally, we're growing a sun Beckia right now. That is unbelievable. Uh, the, it's a, yeah, it's a Rebecca, Rebecca and the flowers on it are unbelievable. It's a tissue culture one. I got one in my house and it, I guarantee it's got 18 blooms on it right now. And I cut 15 of them off when we left for a trip two weeks ago. It's unreal how big it is <laughs> and how much flower power that that plant has. Uh, you know, and I look at our different combos and things that we're doing. Uh, you know, combos are a ton of fun to do because, you know, you get to see what combos work. And yep. we're fortunate that we have HGP, you know, so our home garden panel, 2,000 people around the country that can vote and give us uh, their feedback on what we're looking at doing. Uh, you know, the joke around here is if if I get really excited about a plant, uh, so marketing comes down here and goes, hey, what do you think about this plant? And I go, that is awesome. We ought to do a lot of it. They just throw it in the trash and walk out. So if I tell them, oh, that sucks, that'll never sell. We triple the amount and it'll go great. So because I'm, you know, I'm a little bit older now and you know, a little more old school. But, you know, all joking aside, a lot of that is just through HGP and you know, our test garden, like you said, we have you know, 2,600 varieties in it that we're testing every year. We have an open house every year where we bring in five, 600 gardeners that come in with flags and we make them flag something. Every time they put a flag in, why are you flagging that plant? What do you like about that plant? Yeah. So that we can look at what characteristics are people looking for in a plant? So and that, that's, you know, that's, that's the fun part. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more at greenhousegrower.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen.